0: this is leslie thinking upwards welcome to the walnut women podcast you know right thinking about god leads to right living join our conversation as we discuss various topics through a biblical lens and a christ-centered worldview we hope the word of god through the power of the holy spirit will help you live out gospel transformed lives for the glory of god in this episode I interviewed our pastor's wives to get a glimpse at the -the behind-the-scenes work of the women and families supporting our pastors every day. This is the Walnut Women podcast. Thanks for joining us. Okay, well, welcome to this episode. This is a special podcast. As you all know, it's October, which is... Pastors Appreciation Month, and I have with me three women who are pastor's wives at FCBC. Um, And the purpose of this podcast is actually to just give God glory in um, honoring you guys for um, the call to support your husbands and also the sacrifices that you and your families have to make in order... For your husbands to serve uh, our church. Um, so I have a few questions today, and uh, the first question is, um, can you highlight and describe some barriers or fears and uncertainties that you might have initially or still struggle through um, knowing that part of your life is being a pastor's wife? So, This is a really big question uh, that's personal to each person. So um, we'll just start with Regina.
1: Thanks. Um, Well, so I, you know, we started ministry in 2002, full-time ministry in 2002, but we were married in 2000. So when I got married, I wasn't a pastor's wife. (laughs) Um, I was the wife of a social worker or someone who was studying for his master's of social work, social work, who was working with at-risk youth at a counseling agency. It was a very, you know, normal job. Um, and actually <laughs> in those couple of years, people were telling Terrence that he should go into full-time ministry, but both of us shied away from it. Um, because he just really didn't think that that's, you know, he was kind of, I don't know, maybe hesitant. Uh, me because I really thought that I would be a horrible pastor's wife. I am impatient. I am sarcastic. I can be stubborn. (laughs) I'm like conflict avoidance I'm introverted. Um, so those are a lot of my uncertainties, my, um, fears and barriers, things that, you know, um, you know, I wasn't sure what my role was going to be because, you know, you have your stereotypical pastor's wife image in your head and I really didn't fit that image um you know so but you know what can you do when you really feel like God is calling you to something then you've got you just have to go so um although I was completely unprepared um you know we kind of went with it you know on top of that you know you're living you're going to begin to kind of live in a fishbowl People are going to be looking at you and watching you and scrutinizing things that you say or do. I was concerned about, you know, when we would have kids, how it would affect the kids, Um, you know. And, um, you know, where we were doing ministry, it wasn't like, like here, I feel really fortunate that I have, you know, you all to say, oh, there's other pastors wise there. But in the other two churches that we did ministry, I was the only one, at least on the English side. Um, so a lot of my, you know, these uncertainties and fears, I didn't have anyone to relate to me. Um, you know, so it was, it was a little more, you know, difficult in that sense. Um, but I think, um, it, it also helped me, it pushed me into, into, you know, being in that role, because I didn't have anyone to lean on, and I was the only one, mm. so, um, uh, I think it was, it was God's way of kind of shoving me into, the, <laughs> into <laughs> the role of pastor's wife, and sometimes you need to shove, because um, it's something that you really don't want to do, mm. um, so I think, yeah, those were some of my, um, yeah, another thing was, you know, being a pastor's wife in a in a first generation Chinese church yeah. as part of the second generation congregation is, is kind of difficult. There's not a lot of like people kept giving me books on being a pastor's life and stuff <laughs> like that. But it's all about like, you know, <laughs> formal American churches, which is great. Yeah. I had some great advice. But mm-hmm. there's a specific, <laughs> in fact, that is Terrence's specific call. I don't know if you know. His specific call, he feels, is to be an English pastor on the Chinese in the English congregation of a Chinese church. Like he, he didn't look for any other type of job. He felt like the second generation of a Chinese church really, really needed help. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's true. Like if you go to a, you know, a lot, a lot of churches, the, the English side struggles a lot. Yeah. Walnut is very um, unique in its mm-hmm. um, position. So um, there's not a lot of support for your Asian American second gen pastor's wife. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think that those were a lot of my. Um, you know, fears and hesitancies, but I mean, not to, I, I don't want to be like too, na- I think Terrence knew that going in, that, that those were my weaknesses, He know, he knew me, so he was very protective of me, oh, he was very mm-hmm. protective in the sense that he didn't, um, if anyone would ask, you know, you know, why isn't she doing this, or why isn't she doing that, he would protect me in that sense, um, mm-hmm. so that I could really figure out where my strengths were and where God wanted me, you know, like I, and so I think it helped me to find my strengths in ministry um, mm. without doing what would be stereotypically a pastor's wife role, I guess, mm. you know, like I'm very introverted, so I'm not out there greeting everyone every Sunday all the time. <laughs> I, you know, it's <laughs> just not me. Um, so, you know, he, he was very protective of those types of expectations. Um, mm. So that was really helpful. At least you know for sure at the beginning. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot to. (laughs) It was a lot. I always felt like um, I was I was tricked into the role. (laughs) (laughs) We were already married, and then full time ministry. But God has a purpose.
0: (laughs) So you're almost twenty years in. Of doing this, so does it feel more natural now, or do you still feel it, like since it's not you that you know you still are learning um your place in in like the church or just
1: i think i mean I still don't think I fulfill that stereotypical kind of role, but I think <laughs> I do what i can yeah. um, and i think I think um you know, i found ways in which I can be supportive of him. And I, and I think I really fell into the fact that my, the biggest way to, to be a pastor's wife, to support him, is to support the family. Mm. So to be um, home and take care of the home and take care of the kids so that he is able to do his job. Um, yeah. So that is my number one. Um, yeah, that's my number one role is to be mom and wife so right. that it allows him the freedom to, to do his yeah. job. And that time for me to do other things.
0: Yeah, that is a really important point, though. Like, it is a huge commitment to be holding down the fort for the family, um, especially you know on Sundays when most families get to go to church together, and they have their dad or their husband. But for you guys, you pretty much give up your husband or your dad for the whole day. That's like his mm-hmm. his main work day, right? So you really just have to be home base with the kids when you have kids. Thanks for sharing that, Regina. Um, we'll go over to Meryl, who can go next.
2: I thought Regina's um, answer was perfect. I don't think we need to uh, add anything. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> yeah, end of podcast.
0: No, but you your <laughs> very faster, Meryl. That was different. Um,
2: I think very similar to Regina, I don't think I'll ever fit the stereotype of being a pastor's wife. I think, in fact, it was a major hurdle in my uh, dating relationship with Hallie. I think it's something that I really struggled with because, um, like Regina, like I am introverted and I'm also just really private. Like I don't like to meddle into other people's business and I don't like people to meddle into my business. (laughs) So I think just being in that whole fishbowl, like Regina was saying, the whole fishbowl um, life, it just wasn't attractive to me. I think it was really stumbling, mm-hmm. and I think um, I just, when I was reading this question, I clearly remember that when I first got married to Hanley, I had a lunch with, like, an older lady at our church, and she was asking me, oh, so what would you, do what are you going to do now that you're a pastor's wife? And I was just like, <laughs> Um, so <laughs> then I, I I said like, well, I'm going to support my husband and I'll never forget her response. Um, she said, uh, we all support our husbands, but what are you going to do as a pastor's wife? And I think I walked away from that lunch just thinking like, man, God, I told you so like, I wasn't meant for this, you know, like that is like exactly what, like I really didn't want to walk into being a pastor's wife i didn't want people to tell me like well this is what you do or this is what you don't do or i didn't want to hear what people had to say you know and i think the more i think about it now i sort of just laugh about it but i remember initially i was hurt by it but now that i think about it i think i think people tend to think that way because they don't really understand like what a pastor does um i you know you understand like a pastor preaches on sunday I think people don't see like how much work that takes to like make that sermon. It takes Mm -hmm. like 20 hours, you know, some people 30 hours, it just depends Mm -hmm. on the individual. And Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, there's like a bunch of meetings that they attend, like like, (laughs) three days of their work week is just filled with meetings. And then there's care aside from that, you know, people have crisis, there's counseling, there's
1: people Mm
2: -hmm. who talk to you over email, over the phone, you know? So, I mean, after all your husband goes through all that, I think supporting um, your husband who's a pastor looks a lot different than supporting someone who can just, you know, go to work and then like come home, you know? Um, I think being a pastor, not only are you like physically tired, there's a lot of emotional and mental and even just like spiritual that um week in week out it goes through so i think it takes it's different in how that looks in wives supporting their husband mm-hmm. um i think also something that less mentioned that might be different is you know when you go to church on sunday i think a lot of people that's like their their spirit like their reprieve for the week you know that's like their social circle where it's like like yeah, everything is like fun and this is like a safe haven. And I think as much as pastors and their families would want that to be true, it is true, but it's also um, a work day, you know, and um, you can't just go to church and be all free like that because there's responsibilities that need to be taken care of. And uh, I think a lot of lines just get blurred in terms of like church and normal life. And Sometimes because of that, it's hard to discern, like, what exactly is healthy and what's not. And, you know, sometimes it's easier to have just that straight compartmentalization that, okay, this is my work life. This is, you know, my spiritual life or my church life. Um, Yeah, so I think those are some of the struggles that are just unique to being a pastor's life. Um, I don't think that I've fully outgrown those things. I think I'm just learning more about them as uh, we're made longer. And I think now when I look back on just our journey, I'm just so thankful for um, just the people that God has really surrounded or put in my life just at very specific times. Um, Like at one point we had like a pastor's wives, like small group when there was a lot of us. And that was just such a tremendous blessing because I don't think, you know, there's probably so many pastors wives who never ever get that blessing of being able to share with other pastors mm-hmm. wives, like what their struggles with are and to get that empathy or that understanding without just the fear of being judged. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to share that with like a church member because you don't want to give the church member like the wrong idea. You don't want them to stumble. It's hard to communicate freely without like, wanting to convey what you're feeling, but at the same time, not to, um, like throw anybody under the bus, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and so I think just like what Regina was saying, it's like really a blessing to be able to have, to not be like the only one, um, at our church.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all of that. I know that that oftentimes, unless someone else is in the same shoes, they really don't understand what it is to be um a wife of someone who's in ministry so appreciate that um, vanessa what about you
3: um for me i also struggled with like that uh, like the mold of like, the pastor's wife I don't know where that comes from, but, like, <laughs> I that, I'm, like, why do we, like, have this, like, yeah. this, like, super meek, and, like, she's so quiet, but she's, like, gentle, and she's so wise, I'm, like, the oh, same thing, I don't say, like, oh, and she plays <laughs> piano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I am none of those things. Like, I'm also just, like, you know, like, I'm so bad with my words, and, like, I can be sarcastic, like, you know, just, like, all these things. I'm, like, I don't really think that, I, like, fit that, and, like, when we were dating, like, I wasn't, like, I mean, I was aware he was, like, the pastoral intern, so it wasn't, like, I was, like, you know, oblivious, so like, it was in my mind that he was, like, you know, on his way to be a pastor, um, but then I feel like it wasn't, like, super, like, like, super present in my mind until people were, like, so, like, what do you think about being a pastor's wife, and I was, like, I don't know, like, I was, like well, dating, like, I don't know, um, and I feel like, there is just like this pressure on me. I'm like, mm. like, I feel like I need to be all these certain ways. Mm. And I think it made me feel insecure. I think, I mean, I think it still goes on now. I think also it just like brings out the insecurities that, you know, I feel like being in this role, you know, quote unquote role of like a pastor's wife, like really brings out my insecurities. Mm. And like, even like, if someone asked me to serve somewhere, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like in my heart, I want to say no cause I feel like I'm really busy, but I feel like, what if I say no? And they're like, Oh, but you're a pastor's wife. Like Mm -hmm. you're supposed to serve everywhere. (laughs) And like, I'm like, Oh no, like I'm not living up to the standard, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a lot of like fear of man and like feeling, yeah, I need to fit into like this kind of like, you know, ideal pastor's wife. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is not true? Um, but I was really thankful because like when I was dating Kevin, like preparing for marriage, um, Beatrice actually, um, who used to be the pastor or youth pastor's wife here, I think she was just reminding me just to like be faithful, like wherever I am, like whether I'm a pastor's wife or not, like God just calls me to be faithful. And like my husband just happens to be, you know, a pastor. And like that comes with, you know, unique respons- responsibility and stuff. But I think, you know, he just calls us to be faithful and um, like not have to be like a specific certain way, like just like be who he has like created me to be. Mm-hmm. um, and to use those gifts, um, you know, however he has created me to be, um, and so that was really helpful to not put, like, those pressure on me and feel like there is a standard, um,
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but I think
3: another thing, too, um, is, like, financial, like, the mm-hmm. aspect of it, I think, because, like, even in, like, my own past, like, money has always been, like, a struggle, and so, like, mm-hmm. there are also questions of, like, oh, like, pastors don't make a lot of money, though, and I'm, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, like, yeah I don't know how that's gonna work, um, I think just we're like, what if like we can't buy a house or like, what if we can't like, you know, have kids because like we can't afford it, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, what if, what if, what if, um, and I think, you know, I still struggle with it now. Like I think, yeah, money has been like a big topic for us. Um, but I think God is good. Like, I think our church, especially like they're really, we're really generous, um, Mm -hmm. and just like willing to help. Um, and just, I mean, God just also just like provides for us, even when we feel like, oh no, like what are we going to do? Kind of thing. Um, but I think that's like something that I especially have to like submit to God. Cause, um, I feel yeah. like it is a reality. Like, I feel like mm. he doesn't get paid as much as like, you know, like an engineer or something, you know, it's like, and like, that's something I struggle with. And I'm like, Oh, I want that, you know, like, how can we have had this, yeah. uh, which is just like my complaining spirit. But I think, um, yeah, it's something that I have to always submit to God. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, that whole pastor's wife stereotype of, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
1: but <we> all <laughs> you all know, know someone who's like that. That's <laughs> true. That is someone true. Who exudes this pastor's wives-ness, <laughs> and you feel like, I'm never going to be like that. Mm-hmm. No. But,
0: you know, the honest truth is, like, you're freed from people's expectations of what they would want. And, you know, it's hard because you're confronted all the time with people-pleasing or um, expectations that people actually might have, like, of you guys. Um, But, you know, your identity is in Christ first and foremost. And this is just part of how you support your husband, Um, which brings, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like,
2: I think a lot of younger people don't have that crazy expectation of like a flowery (laughs) person but i think what i have come to sort of learn or experience is that even though they might not have that role like that flowery expectation there is sort of like a unspoken expectation of like um like how they treat you it's like Oh, you're the pastor's wife like sometimes mm, people yes. get like intimidated yes. or you can totally feel that like they're like talking to everyone around you and then they don't know what to say to you you know <laughs> or you know they're hesitant to approach you or they expect you to approach them first I think there is I don't know if people realize that's an expectation but I think a lot of people do have that preconceived notion of like yeah they just treat you differently because you have that title
0: <laughs> yeah Uh, We can all grow from that. Honestly, like, you know, even our relationship with our pastors, they are our pastors, but they're also our brothers in Christ, too, you know, Mm -hmm. and you guys are like my sisters in Christ, first and foremost, that's like more important. Uh, Well, we're going to go to the second question, um, which talks about, you know, the balance of ministry and home life and a lot of times there is no clean line where, you know, pastors can just cut off and say, I'm gonna call, call work off, call the day off <laughs> um, because their their work is very um, people oriented and relational. So this question, um, you guys can talk more freely or specifically of the ways in which you have to support or be available to your husbands because he's in ministry. So can you kind of share a little bit about the things the sacrifices you make personally or as a family in order to support um, your husband's ministry to the church
1: um, well i think we kind of alluded to it a little okay. bit in the first question for sure um and, and for sure as as your life phase changes the different everything changes with it so you know when when my kids were babies and toddlers it was a very different feeling from now when they're I have a teenager and you know my oldest is seven so it's very different um so I think what how I would support him back then is the same like I, I want to give him time I want him to be you know I think for at least for Terrence he really loves like learning and you know i think maybe a lot of pastors they like to read and they like to go to conferences and they like to listen to speakers and they like to <laughs> so i think he just needs that time to do all that stuff um you know so i think but when the kids were little to give him that time was hugely overwhelming <laughs> but i think um And then, you know, as I got used to it, then all of a sudden the phases changed and they were older. And then, so now actually, you know, to give him that time doesn't feel as um, overwhelming to me. Uh, So it does, it does get a little bit easier as, as, you know, as the kids get older. Um, And, um, but I think also depending on, like, we've been at three different churches uh, now. So depending on the church, the needs are different so like when he was we were doing a lot of college ministry it was a lot of late nights like out with the kids and (laughs) and um you know those kind of things where you're traveling to campuses and trying to you know speaking at college you know ministries and and that kind of stuff so um but i think all of that kind of wraps around the whole idea of giving them time giving him time at least for terrence you know like they just need that time and so you know, obviously then if, if there's conflict, you know, I have to, me being conflict avoidance at the beginning, I just kind of would hold everything in. Um, but now, you know, we, we definitely talk about things a lot better. And, um, you know, and like I said, his, he does have a protective spirit over me so that he, he can, if he knows that his time is being taken. There was one year, I think he traveled, I don't know, like nine times, um, and i was like at the, fall, at the end of the year i was like this is the last year you're doing that i don't think we can you know manage this anymore yeah. so you know um yeah so i just had to be able to to you know speak up and mm. and then if we speak up then you know i think he he really started to understand where i was coming from i think i wasn't speaking up and then he just thought everything was going okay mm. um so, but I, I think, yeah, the biggest thing that I give him is, is just time. And then everything kind of wraps around that.
2: Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. That's an awesome answer, Regina. Again. <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> I feel like you hit it right on the, right on the head. I think the only thing that I would add for myself personally is that I need to, I, I need to work on this, but um just being empathetic towards him. Cause I think my husband he's unique in that he's an external processor. And so everything that's going on, is just like constantly talking about it multiple times a day, reiterating the same things over and over again, maybe adding like two or three facts and he's just processing. <laughs> and I think because I'm the total opposite, like I'm an internal processor, it's really hard for me to be patient in those instances. And I just want to be like, well, just do this. You know, I just want to give him a solution and I don't think it helps him because he doesn't need me to throw in my extra two cents to the pot that he already hears, like a lot of other opinions. So I think just being empathetic where he's at and also just like how you were saying, like communicating clearly. So like saying, you know, this is too much. I mean I can't talk about church anymore today. I'm sorry. You know? I think before I used to try and like tough it out and be like, okay, I gotta I gotta, <laughs> bear, I gotta bear this. But now I'm just like, um, sorry, I need a break, you know. I just and he'll just and before that used to lead into conflict, but now I think over the years, you know, like we've come to understand that we just need that space sometimes.
0: So you're talking about making more clear boundaries um between the church and the home life
2: yeah or not being afraid to say when like church is getting overwhelming i mean it it might sound awesome to some people like oh yeah church you know but it's like (laughs) no it can get like too much
0: that that's really hard because it's on his it's on their minds all the time right yeah what else do you talk about in your house if nobody changes the topic
2: (laughs) i know it's hard sometimes
3: (laughs) (laughs) uh for me i think it's like also like giving time um also like you know giving time to like sermon prep and like you know sunday school for all the all the prepping stuff Mm. but i think also um I think also giving him time to like decompress. Mm-hmm. Um, like on Saturdays, he'll usually like try to go like biking with some friends. And sometimes I'm like, oh, like I kind of want to hang out, you know, like. Um, but then I think I think it is valuable for him to have just like I mean, for us to also just like, you know, have time, like, separate, too, which, which mm. I think is, like, healthy, um, but also, you know, just for him to, like, have, like, fun with friends and, like, do what he likes to do and not just, like, always be working, mm. um, I think, yeah, I think it's, sometimes it's, like, hard, but sometimes, I'm, like you know, it's, it's, like, good for him, um, to do that, um, I think also, like, sometimes, like, there will be, like, late-night calls, mm. like, why is it so late, like? <laughs> Um, I understand sometimes. So I want to be understanding. Sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, like, I'll just like go to bed by myself and then like, you know, he'll just be like on the call or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think sometimes like, I don't know, I think sometimes it's harder because like, actually he's like the opposite, I feel like, of hand. Like he's more of like internal mm-hmm. processor. And I am, like, not, like, a total external, but I'm, like, more external than he is. Mm. And, like, I want to, like, talk. with, Because I sometimes, like, things be, like, weighing, weighing on him. Mm. Like, if he's, like, you know, dealing with something with a um, ministry. And, like, I want to, you know, like, just talk with him about it. Mm. But sometimes he just needs to, like, process by himself. Or sometimes he feels like it's, like, not helpful for, like, me to know. Mm. So he'll just, like, you know, not tell me. Which is good, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I'm like oh but like I want to like help you but I feel like like by me just like respecting like his boundaries it's like helping him so he doesn't feel like this like push and pull like should mm-hmm. I tell her or like now I feel bad for being like you know if we're not telling her you know mm-hmm. um so yeah like also like in that way like respecting you know his boundaries
2: also a very good answer Vanessa <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm glad that you guys can relate to each other. That's great. Um, so this last question that we'll close off with is to give the church members some more insight into how you think your husbands um, need encouragement the most. Cause you know, I think a lot of times it's easy in their position to experience a lot of discouragement um, they're serving hundreds of people. They never really get to, you know, get a real break unless, you know, they're taking their vacation. But I think, yeah, you guys have the most insight. You see the sides of them when they break down, when they're discouraged or, you know, when they reach a point of, um, recognizing it's too much for them to handle too sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like, what are the, the specific things that you think, um, encourage your husbands, and what can the church do to, you know, support um, their pastors?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's always the you know you can always pray for them. <laughs> um, but uh, I think okay. specifically praying, you know, don't you can pray specifically for you know the. The use of time like we've talked mm-hmm. about how they use their time um what they give their time to to be able to have meaningful family time um, with their kids or their wife um you know like um we talked a little bit about it earlier but you know there are times when i, <laughs> I think i don't know who i was talking to maybe Merrill or something uh, earlier this week and there are times when i wish that he had a normal like job mm-hmm. at a bank <laughs> and worked at 9 to 5 so we can have regular weekends because you see like oh this family they just took off to wherever mm-hmm. for Saturday and mm-hmm. I we you know it it doesn't happen because as normal people's weekends are winding down mm-hmm. their work week is winding down you know Terrence's work week and Hanley and Kevin they're all their work weeks are starting to ramp up on mm-hmm. Thursday Friday into Sunday yeah prime time. <laughs> yeah it's like that's their main um you know time to to do their work so um so in terms of praying specifically you can pray that you know that those the family time that is you know available that is used wisely and also i think to pray that they can discern like discern what's urgent what's not okay. urgent yeah that's a tomorrow, really hard one what needs to be handled right at the moment yeah. There's always needs, right? Yeah, <laughs> it <So> never ends. <laughs> you can always, you know, you can always be sending an email or yeah. sending a text or making a phone call. But I think um, some of those things can be put off to the yeah. next day, or you know, so that you're giving your attention to your family when when it's time to do that. <laughs> um, and then um, and then pray for the kids. You know, like Vanessa doesn't have kids yet, but <laughs> yeah, hopefully, God willing, one day. Um, you know, I think that they have um a different role also, even though I don't, you know, I've never really seen anyone put any type of pressure on my kids in any mm-hmm. of the places that we've been min- doing ministry, but yeah, I think internally they know that they're pastors' kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so you know, as parents we point them to Jesus, but you know, we always want them to have their own faith and mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and then also just have some normalcy. So mm-hmm. you know, we just pray that. Remember that our kids have an identity in christ and not that i'm not one that's just a pk yeah um, for sure yeah and then um you know other ways to support i think are to trust the pastor sometimes yeah. i think there's sometimes uh and then i think maybe because we 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 came into walnut brand new we were not we're not homegrown we haven't been here for a long time so i think you know there's there's some new ideas maybe that Terrence has had that maybe we're not, you know, that are different. And so I think, um, it's been neat to see some of those ideas flourish because mm-hmm. there's, there's been trust. And so I think, um, you know, one of the best ways is to just give them trust, even though the idea seems wacky at the time, <laughs> maybe, or, um, you know, or it's not the way that we've done things. And this is yeah. how all, Um, sometimes, you know, family may come up with a crazy idea, but maybe that's what God is <laughs> calling him to do, and so trust him. So sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of that's trust. That's a will.
0: really good exhortation to the church. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> very specific, but it's a good one. Yeah. But even like the prayer one, I, I don't think that's like necessarily the obvious answer, because I don't know if everyone in our church is praying for our pastors. Yeah. I don't know if they're committed to praying for our pastors Mm. and even like, um, my own family, we really started committing to this, um, a few years after we got married and we started just every time we drove to church, that was the time we would pray for our pastors. But then as we, um, started having children, we had to teach them, like, oh, these are the, the leaders at our church, they're called pastors, and we're going to pray for them, because these are important people, like, these are the people mm-hmm. God is using to teach us, and to guide us, and, but, you know, it's a real commitment, and I think that this is one of the most important ways the church can show support, um, mm-hmm. by committed prayer, not just, like, a general uh, bless my pastor like pray for yeah. specific needs I think that mm-hmm. that's a really it, it shows like how committed um, you are to the church um, so mm-hmm. I I really like that exhortation thanks for sharing that one um, so do you guys have anything any other ideas
2: um my answer was pretty much the same we Need your <laughs> prayers i think i was speaking about it more from the angle though maybe of like uh just remember like your pastors and their families are just like you like yeah nothing special about them that makes them um like immune from sin or from weakness or from Mm -hmm. frustration or tiredness or being hurt you know i think sometimes people treat pastors as if like since they're public figures, they feel like they could just say whatever and then it has no consequences because I think that's how we see public figures in our world today. You know, we could just talk about someone on TV and it doesn't matter, you know, but um, pastors and their families, they're real people and yeah. we need Jesus just as much as you need Jesus. And so we need you guys to to pray for us in that way, like how you would pray for your small group, you know, fellow small group brothers and sisters, like we're the same people who need to grow and who need um that support and that love too you know and we do thank you for those people who do faithfully pray for us and um i think i could just yeah i i could testify to like how god has really answered those prayers in certain circumstances and yeah i'm just really thankful for that Mm thanks
3: Yeah, I think even, like, on top of prayer, I think, um, like, Leslie, your prayer group that you guys do has been, like, really encouraging. Um, even, like, bringing over, like, you know, just, like, the, the notes last time and, like, mm-hmm. surprising the pastors mm-hmm. and, like, the tart was really good.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> that was really good. Shout <laughs> like, out to Stephanie. I know, shout out to Stephanie. You know, Steph. <laughs> makes really good fruit tarts. <laughs> it was really, it was just,
3: like, such a blessing for us, like, um to know like people are like committed you know to praying Mm -hmm. for us and i think um i think like just even like asking us specifically um like you know like oh like you know how has your week been like how can i specifically Mm -hmm. be praying for you like this week you know like because you know every week's kind of like different Mm -hmm. so i think asking like the specifics is really helpful um i think another thing i think we like kind of mentioned it earlier but like um i think Well, actually last night, like we had like a hangout with some like counselors and I think Kevin was just saying he felt like really refreshed and like Mm -hmm. just like really like rejuvenated that like we could just hang out with people. And like he didn't feel like, oh, like there's this like, it's not like weird that he's like, the you know, the pastor Mm -hmm. or something. And he was just like, it was just nice, you know, I know. (laughs) <laughs> it was really nice though you know it was really refreshing yeah,
0: just also the, just to just the see the people fellowship, right? yeah
3: just like the fellowship and I think um yeah I think that's just like really special mm-hmm.
0: yeah well thanks for sharing all of that um those were the three questions that I had for you guys and you know um th- the main purpose of today's podcast was just to shed light on the work that God is doing behind the scenes which you guys all see a very clear picture of that because you're part of it and so um you know I wanted to encourage you guys and just really um give thanks to God because I really feel blessed that God has brought your families to our church and that you guys are doing your faithful work to love and support your husbands, and our church is blessed to have them in our midst as they pastor during this really, really long season of um, COVID. Um, So we're just going to close this time, but thanks again. We love and appreciate you guys, and you guys are very valuable to our um, church family. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. October is Pastors Appreciation Month, and while we want to honor and appreciate our pastors, we also want to acknowledge their wives who are supporting their ministry every day from the home. Join us next time on the Walnut Women podcast. Thanks for listening.